Welcome to Happiness and Inside Job. This is episode 29, Parenting LDS Missionaries, and I'm your host, Connie Ackerson. Happiness and Inside Job is the go-to resource for Christian parents wanting to effectively communicate with teenage and young adult children, utilizing powerful life coaching skills. What if I told you your children don't need to change anything in order for you to have a fulfilling relationship with them? You can change everything about your relationships with others by merely changing the way you think about them. Imagine the power you have when you stop depending on others for change and you create the change. Suddenly, you stop being the victim and you become the hero of your life. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me again this week on the podcast. Just as I sat down to record this podcast, I got a message from one of my listeners. She says, Hi, Connie. Just wanted to say thank you for the podcast, Focus on the Goal. I'm using the magnifying glass right at this moment. Love listening to what you have to say. Keep those ones coming. I genuinely appreciate messages from you listeners about the podcasts that really strike a chord with you and what you'd love to hear about. So please keep the messages coming. And remember, if this podcast strikes a chord with you, I the biggest compliment you could give me is to leave me a rating and review on iTunes and to share it with your friends. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. With that intro, I'm going to get right into today's topic, which is parenting LDS missionaries. So most of you know I have a daughter who's currently serving an LDS mission in Nukualofa, Tonga, and she is the younger, on the younger end of her graduating class. So many of her friends are coming home from their missions. Also, she's a girl, so she couldn't leave until she was 19, and the boys most of them left right after graduation and are now all coming home. So it's been so fun to see them and to see the changes that have occurred in them and in their lives as they've been gone. As I've had the opportunity to welcome home these missionaries, I've also had the opportunity to talk to their moms and find out how these two years have gone for them. And it's so interesting. One common thread in the things that they say is that There's nothing to prepare the moms for what they're going to be up against as they work to support their missionaries for these two years or 18 months. So that's what I'd like to talk about a little bit today. And I think these parenting techniques apply to all ages of children, but I'm going to direct my comments specifically towards missionaries. Now, as a parent, it's interesting. All of a sudden, you give birth to this beautiful baby, and you think they're perfect, and you just have to figure it out. They don't come with an owner's manual, and... One piece at a time, you figure out what you need to do, how to feed them, how to get them to sleep, how to make them laugh, just all of that. And like I said, there's no manual. We just have to figure it out. And once we figure it out for one kid, at least that's how it went for me, just because I figured out all those things for one kid didn't mean they applied to the next kid. And I feel like as soon as I figure out one stage of life, they're in the next stage of life. And I feel like the mission is a lot like that. It's the next stage of life, and we get to figure out how we fit in as parents and how we can best serve them and love them and help them on their journey. And again, just because we've had one missionary serve doesn't necessarily mean we have the complete manual on how we're going to help the next missionary. So I had a daughter serve in North Carolina 
which is totally different from this daughter that I have serving in Nukualofa, Tonga. My goal in this podcast is to share a little bit of what's worked for me and my kids, and hopefully you can find some golden nuggets that will help you in your current situation. So I'd like to start by reminding you of the life coach model that I use with an example from the scriptures. So in the Book of Mormon, we've got Laman and Lemuel, Nephi, and Sam. And what we have is a circumstance. The circumstance is that God has asked them to go back to Jerusalem to get the brass plate. Laman and Lemuel had the thought, this is impossible. There's no way that we're going to be able to get these plates. That thought created a feeling of defeat, which drove actions like making an attempt, but not a wholehearted attempt. And then after that attempt didn't work, they whined and complained and gave up. So the result they got was that for them, it was impossible. One interesting thing to note is that our results are always evidence proving that our thoughts are true. Now, in contrast, let's take a minute and look at Nephi. His thought was, I will go and do the thing which the Lord hath commanded, for I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them. So his thought was determination, absolute surety. And his actions were, he just kept trying things. If one thing didn't work, he went back. He tried something else. He refused to accept no for an answer. And he was going to keep going back and trying again and again until he made it work, until he got those plates. Because he knew from the beginning there was no way he was going to leave without those plates. And he didn't. So let's take a look at this life coaching model and see how it can help us to be a better support to our missionary. So the first thing we learn from this life coaching model is that any real change that will occur occurs in your thought line because your thought creates your feelings which drive your actions. So first of all, let's take a look at our thoughts and where they're leading us. So a few unproductive thoughts that I hear from missionary moms or think myself sometimes are, I don't know how to help. I don't know this culture. Now, I don't care if your kid is in North Carolina or Tonga. There is definitely a different culture from where they grew up. Another thought that missionary parents often have is they don't really know what's going on. Now that missionaries are allowed to call home more often, that communication problem is a little bit better. But even still, we as parents are not as hands-on interacting with our kids as we were when they were home. So the circumstance here is we have a kid on a mission. If our thought is... I don't know how to help them. I don't know what kind of parent they need. Then our feeling is similar to Laman and Lemuel. We feel defeated. We might try a couple of things, and if we don't feel like they work, then we might just kind of give up and feel defeated. And we have just proven our thought true. We felt like we didn't know how to help, and we haven't helped. Now let's turn that around a minute. Instead of having the thought, I don't know how to help, what if we choose a more productive thought like, I know my kid. I am exactly the parent they need. When my thought is, I am exactly the parent this child needs, then my feeling is determination and unconditional love. I am going to love you no matter what, no matter where you are in the world. I send letters. I send emails. I send pictures of family and friends. I send short thoughts. Anything that I feel like might help Megan, I send it to her. She's in my thoughts. She's in my prayers. And I don't give up. I keep trying different things until I find what really works for her. So when my thought is, I am the perfect mom for this kid, that's exactly what happens. I keep trying things and figuring it out until I find out 
how I can be the best mom to her. Now, that doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I'm the perfect parent. It means I am exactly the parent that that child needs. So only after my thoughts are managed am I in a position where I'm emotionally available to really help her. When I mentioned this upcoming podcast on my Instagram, I got a comment that is spot on. She says, I love this idea. When I was a missionary, it helped to have parents who were supportive but never tried to solve my problems. If I had something wrong, they would encourage me to take my own steps that help me grow in so many ways. Now, these are obviously parents who understand the model, whether they knew it or not. Now, in episode 19, we talk about the biggest parenting fail, which turns out to be parents trying to coach their kids on their actions because real change occurs in their thought line. So when we're helping our children, whether they're on a mission or home, work through problems, the biggest help that we can give them is to coach them on their thoughts and help them work through their thoughts. So if they're having trouble with the companion, we don't tell them what they should do. We coach them on how they want to think and feel about their companion. What feeling do you want to have towards your companion? What thought is going to drive that feeling or create that feeling in your life? That is where real change happens. Now, a mission is super hard. And that's okay. Have you ever noticed the harder you work for something, the more blood, sweat, and tears you put into it, the more that knowledge means to you. Now, a mission is so valuable, and the lessons you learn on your mission are so valuable because you work so hard to get it. You're tested to the very brink of everything you thought possible that you could handle, and you handle it. It's because these missionaries are tested in so many ways that they come home and their lives are changed forever. Their character is changed forever. As parents, our instinct sometimes is to go in and want to rescue our kids, to protect them from challenges and from potential dangers, right? It's, our, it's the mother bear in us. One of my favorite things to do and places to look for knowledge when I am at my wit's end and I have no idea how to parent my children, one of my favorite things to do is look to God. He's our Father in heaven. He loves us. He didn't send us down here to fail. He sent us down here to succeed. And I love to remember that not only am I his child and he's here to help me, but my children are his children too. And he loves them and he sent them down here to succeed. And he allows us to have these challenges because he knows how strong we're going to come out on the other side. God's way is not to jump in and rescue us from trials. His way is to love us and support us and be there for us every step of the way. So they're gonna, our kids are gonna go through hard times. They're gonna have trials. We know they're gonna have companions that are difficult, that are gonna test them to the very brink. It's okay for us to love them, to listen to them, to acknowledge that it's hard, and to support them through everything, and just to be their biggest cheerleaders, to let them know that we believe in them, that yes, it's hard, and yes, they can do it. For my girls, it's been very valuable for them to know that they're remembered, to know that they're loved, and to know that I'm always there for them, thinking about them, praying for them. One misconception about life coaching is that we're just supposed to, if we have a negative feeling, we're just supposed to switch it out for one that's rainbows and unicorns right away. That couldn't be less true. Sometimes we're sad. Sometimes things are hard, and we think we can't do it. 
And our job is to just process that emotion, to feel sad for a while. My daughter was in a car accident on her mission. If you looked at a picture of this car, maybe I'll post one on my Instagram, but you could not imagine how everyone could just walk away and be fine. They were protected. She knew she was protected. And before she could process the huge miracle that she had survived, she had to process the scared. She was terrified. She thought she was going to die, and she very easily could have. My daughter serving in Tonga has deeply felt the love, the unconditional love that Polynesians offer. When she first arrived in Tonga, she had just spent six weeks learning how to be a missionary and learning the Tongan language with this group. And they were like her brothers. They cried together. They learned the language together. And they truly were like family to her. Polynesians have this incredible way of loving. And the minute she met them. They felt like family to her. Same thing with getting off the airplane. The minute she stepped foot in Tonga, those people were her family. She was their family. But for a moment, she needed to process the sad of not being with these people who felt like her brothers, who had loved and protected her and taken care of her. Initially, when she entered the MTC, leaving her family was hard. Then her MTC group became her family. Now the entire kingdom of Tonga feels like family to her. She has processed sadness and each time she has come out ahead, but that doesn't mean she didn't feel sad for a time. I love being able to tell her how normal she is. It's very normal to feel sad when you leave your family. And it's very normal to totally love your MTC group and then feel devastated when you leave them. And so often what I hear is when these missionaries leave their first area, it's even harder than when they left their family. Isn't it amazing the capacity that we have to love and the capacity that our kids have to love? Another real trial that missionaries learn to deal with on their mission is rejection. Sometimes it's very difficult for these kids to separate a person rejecting the message that they're sharing from being rejected as a person. Helping our kids understand rejection for what it is and deal with that is one of the greatest ways we can help them. One of the things I always remind my girls of is that we each have unique talents and skills that we have been sent to earth with. And it's our job how to figure out how to use our unique abilities to bless the lives of other people. I love Kara's attitude. When she was on her mission, she met a lady and after she rejected the invitation to listen to the message they were sharing, they said, we just want to help you. We just want to get to know you. What can we do to help you? They ended up painting the lady's entire house. And after that, she was willing to listen to their message, but only after they showed how much they loved her and how genuinely they cared. Now, another thing is my girls are great singers. They love to sing. They're very good at singing. And they each have developed their own singing door approach so they can use music to touch the lives of people. Whatever your kids' unique talents are, help them find it. Help them use it. We know from the parable of the talents, God didn't give us talents to hide them under a bushel. For some reason, I think we have a misconception sometimes that we're conceited if we recognize that we're really good at something. For some reason, it's okay for somebody else to point out our talents and suggest to us that we use them. 
Be your kid's biggest cheerleader and help them remember what their talents are. Maybe they're really good at painting a house. Maybe they're really funny. Maybe they're a great singer. Maybe they can teach the kids how to play soccer and start a big neighborhood soccer tournament. Whatever it is that your kid is good at, it can help them open doors and show unconditional love to the people wherever they are. Now, with my first daughter, we didn't get weekly phone calls. And with my daughter serving in Tonga, internet's not always good enough to take advantage of them. But whenever we have that opportunity, whenever all the internet lines are connecting, we are so grateful and we cherish those moments. One of the things that we love to do, our daughter always asks us, what are you doing to be a missionary? What have you done to share your testimony? So my challenge to you is if you're supporting a missionary, get out and be a missionary. Practice what you preach. Show unconditional love. Serve other people. And share your testimony whenever the opportunity presents itself. Besides swapping favorite missionary stories, one of our other favorite things to do during phone calls is to share music. We'll ask our daughter and her companion to sing us their favorite Tongan hymn, or we'll sing them one of our favorite songs. Now that Megan's friends are starting to return from their missions, I love to attend their homecomings, find my favorite stories from their missions, and relay those to my daughter. I share them with her in letters, or I share them with her over phone calls. My friend Elizabeth loves to ask her son what she can pray for. Their family may be about as far apart geographically as they could possibly be, and yet they can be spiritually connected as they pray for the same things. My mother loves to connect generations as she writes missionary letters and sends them to everyone, whether they're on a mission or in college or she talks to them every day. She writes a missionary letter and in those missionary letters, she connects generations as she shares stories of faith from her ancestors, from her children, and from her life. This binding generations through faith is done as she tells real stories of real life, of trials and triumphs and hardship. It's the good, bad, and the ugly and how everyone overcame it. Life isn't always easy. It wasn't meant to be easy, and that's okay. In fact, that's what makes us normal, and it's what makes our lives normal. Again, my friend Elizabeth sums it up in a really positive way by saying, parenting and supporting my missionary started when he was born, raising him in a home where the gospel of Jesus Christ was taught, practiced, and shared. It started with our family having family home evenings, reading scriptures, going to church, participating in uplifting activities, watching general conference, learning from others, serving, setting an example, and teaching about recognizing and following the Spirit. I would hope that the ways we choose to teach and support our missionary while he was growing up is what ultimately helps support him now while he serves. Parents, it's time to trust in the Lord that we are enough that our parenting is exactly what our kid needed. That Heavenly Father sent these kids to us for a reason, because whatever talents we bring to the table are exactly what that particular child needed. Now they're legal adults. They're serving because they want to be there, and they stay because they want to be there. Our job is to love them, to cheer them on, and to remind them of the many unique talents they bring to the table. 
that are exactly tailored to meet the needs of the people they're serving. Remember, worry is a misuse of our imagination. Let's replace that with something more productive, like trust. Trust in the Lord that He's giving them the exact experiences they need to prepare them for the rest of their lives. Trust in the Lord that He's protecting them in ways that we never could. What if we truly can believe that our missionaries are as the armies of Helaman? They have been taught in their youth, and now the Lord is going to accept their meager offering, and He's going to use them to work miracles. And isn't it awesome that we get to sit back and watch it all happen? To have the opportunity to be a missionary parent is to have a front row seat to watch the miracles happen, not only in the lives of others, but in the lives of our very own children. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up for this week. Please remember, do not hesitate to call me, to contact me, email me, whatever you need. If you ever need help working on your mindset, it is only when our mindset is in order that we are truly in a position where we can love and serve and help other people to our full capacity. One-on-one coaching sessions is where we truly learn how to recognize our thoughts and the results they're creating in our lives. If you haven't already done so, please leave me a rating and review. And remember, the biggest compliment you can give me is to share this with your friends.